Jay Pizzy, Mosier on the beat. Look at my team, eh? Look at the ring, whoa. See what I mean, eh? You see what I mean? Look at my team, look at the ring, everything. This is a dream, all but a dream. This ain't a dream, I am a fiend, a fiend for the cream, go. DTC and I beat these teams and it make me feel alright. Alright. DTC and I beat these teams and it make me feel alright. Alright. See I calculate. Yeah, y'all just palpitate. Whoa, if you don't calculate, get it, get it, calculate. <laughs> Lady Justice is illustrious. I just love this. I can put this in this function and it turns up into something. And that something came from nothing. And I sold it for a button. Now I got this lovely lump sum. Guess I'll burn these bumps like buzzing bro. Welcome to the Dynasty Trade Calculator Podcast, a show dedicated to Dynasty fantasy football trades and player values, with your hosts, John Paul Hurley and Izzy Elkafas. Coming to you from the DTC headquarters, the Dynasty Trades capital of the world, it's the DTC Podcast. Weighing in at 182 pounds, standing 6 feet 2 inches tall, Izzy the Pharaoh of Fantasy, Elkafas. Elkafas. I think we need, yeah, we need the applause. We need the applause. I'm doing my UFC intro. Do you like it? I, I, I like it. I like it. Did I get the weight right? Uh, No, I'm like 175. Oh, you're down a bit. <laughs> Is that your walk-up music if you were a UFC fighter? Yep. That's why I played it. That's my walkout music. <laughs> you just walk up like hip thrusting with flags in your back. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's the one. I would like to be in your corner just to witness that. <laughs> oh, man. That's the UFC intro. I'm your host, John Paul Hurley on Twitter at FF Hercules. Izzy is on Twitter at DTC underscore Izzy E. We got a cool show. I think we're kind of winding down the season. Many leagues probably have the extra week because of the long season. So there's just not a lot left. A lot of teams are probably checked out by now because they're they're camped. Uh, they're basically set for for next year. Now they're out of the playoffs. They're maybe to look, looking to solidify some youth and picks to put themselves in good positions to win in the future. But that's it. We got we got a little bit of player news to cover, and we got some cool like I'm gonna call it dynasty trades, the year in review. So we're gonna cover some of yours and my trades. It's always fun to look back to see like how the values has shifted since we've made the trade. And maybe talk about if we'd still do that today, like what the players are doing currently. And we were pretty particular about selecting trades that are players that are kind of compelling. So that way it's people that we can talk about and it's interesting. Not just two dudes talking about their own trades. But hey, you know what? Sometimes that happens. So let's do uh, let's do some player news. So I think one of the only ones that I've got, Corey Davis, surprisingly, out for the season. Yeah, and I, you know what's funny is... I didn't even realize that he was out for the season until you mentioned it. It kind of flew under the radar for me. A little under the radar, I would agree. Do you know, I mean, I know what happened because I looked it up, but do you know what happened? I, I knew when I read it, but I, I don't remember it. I've got, a, I've got short-term memory loss. But what were we talking about? I think we were talking about Gabriel Davis. Gabe Davis was, he's been a little disappointing. He like has been. He was been. kind of a hot buy. <laughs> he has been. Yeah, we should talk about that. We'll talk about that after we get to Corey Davis. So he had a, a core muscle injury that he needed surgery on. I don't know what that, that sucks. means. Yeah, his core. He needs to work on his core. But it'll be out eight to 10 weeks. He gone. 
Which I mean, I don't think he was the core of anybody's dynasty team, at least. So he was the the core of his Davis, though. And nobody's that nobody that's in the playoff could attribute their playoff success to Corey Davis's performance this season. Is it ironic? Would you consider? You know, we've always had debates about irony. Is it ironic oh, that the guy named named Corey Core E Davis is out for the season with a core injury? No, that is not ironic. Nope, it is not ironic. That is a coincidence. That is just it's not ironic though. It's not ironic. I think, I think it is. I really do. If he was like uh if he was like a like a surgeon or no, if he was like a personal trainer and his specialty was, you know, making sure people had strong cores and then he was out for the season because of core surgery, that would be irony. I It'd agree be, with that. Irony is the last thing you you would expect. Okay, yeah. Just because his name is Okay, I see what you're saying on this. Okay. All right, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, that's just a mundane coincidence. It's it's a cool one. I like it. Okay. All right, I'm with you then. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's transition from Corey Davis. Corey Davis, core injury. core injury, out for a season. What does this mean for the guys around him? And maybe just cover some of the Corey Davis stuff too. That kind of hurts. It does uh, on multiple levels. Um, Jalen Hurts getting hurt would be not irony, right? That's just a coincidence. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna chalk it to irony because it's just kind of funny. Yeah. Okay. Um. With Corey Davis, it's he got his you know nice contract. We're expecting quite a bit this season. We actually have a trade that we're going to discuss here uh, momentarily, but it kind of felt like this year was going to be the year that Corey Davis was going to kind of take the reins as the primary receiver in the offense, and he's kind of been on and off. He's been hot and cold. He had a few solid games. Um, interestingly enough with Corey Davis, it's not like he snuck in a touchdown on kind of a bad game. It feels like every time Corey Davis has a good target yardage um, receptions game, it also comes with a touchdown. The problem is he's been a wide receiver three, wide receiver four, wide receiver five too many times throughout the season. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it could be attributed to Zach Wilson, um, new offense, the whole shebang. And It'll be interesting to see how he comes out next season because I think the Jets have a lot more. Now with Elijah Moore and with Corey Davis, I think they can focus on other pieces around the Jets' offense and defense where Corey Davis might actually be a pretty solid like buy going into next season because I think you can get him come rookie drafts. I bet you could pay a late second to acquire Corey Davis. I agree. And he, he'll be 27 going to next year, but you could use him for a couple seasons. Um, and we just hope that he can provide wide receiver, th- high-end wide receiver three production. And I think for a late second, you could do worse than that. I mean, I, I know a lot of people like holding on to those picks come draft season because their rookie might do well, but we're kind of baking into the fact that this rookie class might actually be kind of down. So... When you get to the back end of the second round, it might be a normal class's mid-third round. Yeah, that's true. So, kind of got to put into perspective on what you're giving up. But I actually don't mind Corey Davis going into next season. I am actually in one of my leagues currently considering adding him to a package. I'm contending, and I just want to like solidify my wide receivers for the, a playoff run. I was using Corey Davis as like a wide receiver three, four or just the occasional like flex guy. But 
I just um I don't want to sell him because it's, it's he's so low right now, right? It, he's definitely a hold or a buy, like you said. Yeah, I mean, he, but I think I got to move him. I think I got to do it. Should I tell you what my trade is? Yeah. So I am offering. This is in our nerds and calculators league. Let me let me pull the trade up here. I sent out an initial offer for Terry McLaurin. To acquire Terry McLaurin? To acquire Terry McLaurin, I was going to give him Kadarius Tony, Juju Smith-Schuster, which everybody hates right now. I, I seem to be the only person who likes him as a buy. And a, and a third to try to get Terry McLaurin. It seems oh, like yeah. it's going to not, not get it done. I've got no response. So yeah, I, I'm thinking maybe adding Corey Davis. Like, Would that be enough? Three guys? Three guys, burgers, and fries? Mm. No, it's not enough. Not enough for Team XC? No, no. When you stockpile like a lot of those tertiary players, it's just not enough. <sighs> Back to the drawing board. I don't know why you... I mean, Terry McLaurin has not been that good. Um, I expect him to be good down the stretch. Why? Um, He plays against the Cowboys, who are the 27th ranked pass defense twice in the next three games. That helps. Yeah. It does. Isn't that funny? He, they play the Cowboys, Eagles, Cowboys, Eagles to finish out the season. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't that. think I've ever seen that. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, interesting. I mean, the, the the Washington football team is in the hunt, so I feel like they're going to be competitive in games and needing to pass, and they're playing against good teams, like teams that are competitive. Yeah. You want to hear something interesting about Terry McLaurin? Sure. Let's hear it. Yeah. He has five touchdowns on the season. He has four 100-yard games on the season. All five touchdowns came in the four games where he had over 100 yards. He has yet to score in a game under 100 yards receiving. So the problem with McLaurin is you've had these four boom games. But other than that, in the other games, his most, his highest point scoring game outside of those four games is 11.9. So he had four games over 100 yards and at least one touchdown. And in the other 10 games... They're all single digits. Excuse me, other nine games. Is that right? Oh, there's the double digit one. Eight games. So he has eight games. So 66% of his games, he scored less than 11.9 points. And 33% of his games, he's had his 100 and a touch. What league settings are you looking at? Just PPR. Oh, okay, six for 59. Okay, I got it. Yep, just PPR. Yep, okay. So he's had two games of 10.2 and then one game of 11.9. Everything else has been under 10 points. So he's been a wide receiver of three in 66% of his games. And he's going into age 27 for next year. So his next season is going to be 27. With an unknown at quarterback, who knows who Washington's quarterback is going to be? Heineke. Do you think it's going to be Heineke again? He's good. Uh, it's very. If you want to talk about the definition of irony, I don't know if the definition of good would fall under Taylor Heineke, but that's fine. Um, all I'm saying with Terry McLaurin, you're getting a boom bust candidate for a playoff run when you can probably you probably already have a wide receiver three on your team that you can plug in that'll get you ten points. So what are you replacing Terry McLaurin with? I think McLaurin might be the most, and I said this actually this year, beginning, I think he's the most overrated dynasty asset going into this season. 
Yeah, he's not playing consistently enough to be rated. Yeah, well, no, he was going into the season. He was a top, I think, top six or seven receiver. Yeah, he made it up there quite yeah. high. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know if I would acquire Terry McLaurin if I were you. Hmm. Did you know that Taylor Heineke is 12th in the NFL in passing touchdowns? Sure. I believe that. I don't think he's good, though. Do you know the last time the Washington football team had a quarterback that had, that was 12th in the league in touchdown passes? I do not know who it was. Mark Rippon. Yeah, all that sounds made up. And I, I made it. I made it up. Like yeah. so, the the statistic is right, but I I failed to fact check my my guess. Yeah, we just went with who Parker. went seriously. When have they like maybe the uh, RG three season, like his rookie oh, season? For sure. That might be it. Yeah, but he had a lot of it was a lot of ground production, right? A lot of ground no, he, he used both. Was it both? Yeah. So I mean, and that might be it. Like, when's the last time they had a reasonably good quarterback? <laughs> We got to be missing somebody recently. Well, they had Alex Smith before he got hurt, right? Yeah, I don't know. That was during the season that they got him, though. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying that he, he was he was coming off that MVP esque season. Yeah, that monster Niners Niner season. Yeah, but yeah, or Chiefs. Yeah. Well, Chiefs, point yeah. point taken. I get it. Uh, I just don't think he's that good. Okay, fair Anywho. enough. Anywho, so yeah, McLaurin's still overrated. You think? Yeah, I think he's good, but I don't believe there was a good reason for him to be top, you know, six in Dynasty without having enough just production. So he was coming off a season, his second season, where he put up 87 for 118 and four. And then he climbed up into the top six in Dynasty. Wow. Or top seven. And I just felt like it was a little premature. It's crazy that in his third season, he's already 26 years old. I hate that. And now he reaches the value peak that we always talk about to where when you have McLaurin, the best you're going to get is 80 cents on the dollar for him if you want to trade him. So from a flexibility of your roster perspective, kind of hurts to have. Yeah. And I'm just looking for, I, I think he's a good in-between guy where I can get two to three good seasons out of him before I have to worry about it. And he'd, he'd be a wide receiver three on my team. I'd stack him behind CD, DK, who's been disappointing. Um, I just need to solidify like my wide receiver three for this league and, and make a push. So yeah, but maybe I need to adjust my focus, go after somebody different. I was uh, yeah. I was trying to work on uh, Waz, our buddy Waz, to see if he'd be willing to give up Deontay Johnson, but he's not budging. Oh, wow. Look at you. You finally come around to Deontay. His production is sick. Like it's it's un, it's undeniable. What you were you were a sell Deontay guy. Yeah, but like new information, right? Okay, so you're you're completely on board now. I would definitely I would definitely like to have Deontay on my team if that okay. means I'm on board. Yeah. Yeah. You could have just listened to your good old buddy and pal for the last 2 years, but that's um i was never like fully against him like i was just kind of like i wasn't president of the fan club like you were and anything less than your excitement for deontay johnson apparently is like i hate this guy i don't think i don't think there's any excitement at all for deontay you were a skeptic i would i would say i I pocketed you in the skeptic role 
here's you want my advice what i would do if i were you i would go get hunter renfro whoever has hunter renfro you know what you know it's funny i got declined on a trade-off that was the first trade-off i sent in this league yeah he's not gonna what about van jefferson can you go after him van jefferson i uh, just don't know I, I think i think as obj comes up in the offense i think van's gonna slide down a bit i like i like van but i i think uh, dude even before even when robert woods was around van was getting targeted yeah, but he was like uh, boomer bust. Kind of. I mean, that's what McLaurin is. Yeah, that's true. He's a cheap McLaurin. Kind of. Yeah, he's had um, when McLaurin goes over 100 and gets a touch, Van Jefferson's a little different. When he goes 80, he gets a touch or close to it. He's at 93. Yeah, Van's touch. pretty consistently targeted, I would say. He's, he's had at least six targets in every game since week six. So, I mean, I like the, the Van play. If you're looking to get, you know, 10 to 15 points. I don't mind it. I think you can do worse. Yeah. But anywho, let's uh, let's talk about some trades. So like we said, this is the Dynasty Trades year in review. Izzy and I are in a number of leagues together, four to be exact. And unironically, we've made several trades together in these leagues. And we'd like to take a few of them with some of the compelling players, like like we mentioned before, and maybe just cover them to see if we'd still do this trade today, how we feel about it now that it's been, you know, in some cases, several months removed from when we executed them. So we just thought this would be kind of a fun thing to do. So first one, this is in our home league preseason before the season began. Are you going chronological, by the way, on these? I could. I, I, I think I'm starting that way, so you might as well continue that way, right? Sure. Okay, so in the preseason, I believe that I was a bigger fan of Travis Etienne than you were. And you were a bigger fan of Devontae Smith than I was. So you sent out a trade when Etienne was a little banged up. This is before any of the uh, the season-long injury, season-ending injury news came out. Mm-hmm. And you just told me to put my money where my mouth is. He says, take, take Devonta Smith for Etienne, take, you know, or vice versa. Take Etienne for Devonta Smith. This is your guy. I accepted it four hours later, literally announced that ETN is out for the season with an injury, literally four hours later. So we knew that he had hurt himself in practice. Yep. And news had come out already that it was not significant. Yes, it was not significant. It was a foot injury. And yeah, so I proceeded to say, you know what? I don't want to be left holding the bag. The Urban Meyer thing scared the shit out of me. Um just wasn't comfortable with how they're going to utilize him. So I made that offer and you accepted. I did. And then, and then you immediately wanted to jump off a bridge a few hours later. The good news is that you were already focused on next. You weren't going into this season contending. No, it's one of those, like it was a real, like an in-between year, you know, like um, my team could have caught fire and maybe done something, but it's, it's just not quite ready. Yep. Yep. So now let's talk about this. How do you feel about the trade? Um, clearly I don't like it. Okay, you still don't like it. So even though the season's winding down, you're focused on next year, the way that your roster's kind of progressed, you feel like Devonta Smith to you is significantly better dynasty S than ATN. Yeah. And I like I'm with this team again, since I'm not, I'm, I'm probably going to be about ready to compete next year. I think I'll have enough assets to be able to make a run at, you know, um, at a playoff spot. 
But I am focused on the silver lining for that reason, too. So, like, I'm thinking maybe ETN going down with injury and the Jacksonville Jaguars struggling profusely on <laughs> offense. This could be a blessing in disguise for ETN. Maybe something happens with Urban Meyer in the offseason. He's gotten himself into some trouble out, you know, off the field. He's been very bad on the field, arguably. So maybe like this is enough for the Jacksonville Jaguars organization to want to like reset the regime, try something different. And it like I don't think it could get any worse than what Urban Meyer has done. I think your concerns preseason, and this is the reason why you didn't like ETN, have been justified this season with with Urban Meyer and what he's done with the team, right? I like to think so. I mean, I don't think he's, I mean, what he's made Trevor Lawrence look, unless Trevor Lawrence isn't good, right? He's made Trevor Lawrence look like not good. He hasn't put Trevor Lawrence in a position to be successful. Now, I will say in the opportunities that James Robinson has gotten, even though he's kind of split sometimes with Carlos Hyde, James Robinson hasn't looked too bad. In fact, he's put in some pretty good work. Yep. So he's good. Yeah, so who knows what he would have done, what the rotation would have been like. I was just kind of worried with Urban Meyer, what he would do with his rotations. So I stayed away from it. Yeah, and like I said, this is just a year off for ETN. Hopefully he's not too rusty when he comes back. And like Urban could be gone. James Robinson could be on a different team. I don't know what his contract situation looks like. I might check that out too. But like this might be a, a good, like a blessing in, descri- in disguise for ETN. He could have lost more value during the season had he played and like just been destroyed by Urban Meyer's game planning and James yeah. Robinson's hot handing. It's like this could have been a good thing for him, maybe. And, yeah, and again, yeah. this is all optimistic silver lining guy talking that made a bad trade. Yeah, no, it's definitely um, there's definitely a good chance that ATN's value has been insulated more due to the injury. Because so, he could have stood to to lose a lot more. And yes. by the way, James Robinson is signed through 2022, but I could see the potential for uh, like a, a demand for a trade or something along those lines, too. There's a lot of teams that need running backs. James Robinson probably won't like the idea of sharing the backfield when ETN comes back. So that, there could be there's dynamics for something happening there, you know, unlikely, but potential. Yeah, the dynamic is there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So how about you? So that I, that's uh that's kind of like my well-rounded opinion on the trade. I don't like it, but there's some silver lining to focus on to make myself feel better and fall asleep at night. Yeah. So I, I like it for me, um, mainly because next year I feel that I have enough running backs to support my roster. So I have Cam Akers, I have Najee Harris, I have Derrick Henry, and I have Miles Sanders as my four. So I feel like those top three guys will get me, will carry me through next year. When I look at my receivers, I have Adams. I have my top receivers are Adams, Debo, Elijah Moore, and Devonta Smith. Michael Thomas and I are. So, kind of what I talk about a lot is I like backfilling youth with my older vets when I'm constantly competing. So, I couldn't find anybody to trade for Michael Thomas. I couldn't find anybody to give me. I tried to flip Devonta Adams several times this offseason. I couldn't get anybody to meet the price tag. And that's the problem with holding on to these veterans a little too long. Um, thankfully, I'm not too top-heavy with players. 
The reason why I've held Devonta Adams in this league and why I've had Michael Thomas in this league is I think Michael Thomas, I have him in one contract league, but I have no other Michael Thomas across any of my rosters. And same thing with Adams. I traded Adams last year in the other league that I had him in for Deontay Johnson, Corlin Sutton in a first, I want to say, um, this offseason. It might have been this offseason or late last season. Um, so I only have one Devonte Adams. So I'm okay having those guys because I'm backfilling youth. So I like having Devonta Smith there and Elijah Moore there as being my hopefully next elite receivers to take over my my roster. Yep. Um so yeah, that's kind of how so I, I like the fact that I, I feel like I need Devonta Smith more. With Akers and, and Najee Harris, I feel like I have two young running backs to backfill my my running back room. And Miles Sanders is still relatively young, even though I, I tried to get out of my, Miles Sanders several times in the offseason. I couldn't do that either. Um, so, yeah, I like it. Um, and then um, speaking of Najee Harris, that's actually the next trade we'll cover here. But um, rounding out this one, currently in the calculator. It's Devonta Smith twenty nine to Travis Etienne sixteen point four. I would project that Etienne will will rise back up into the twenties in the off season. Yeah, when he's yeah. no longer needed for his points production, but it's still uh maybe like an early second um, gap between the two in value at least uh, late first early second somewhere in between that that no man's land. Yeah, yeah. Well, we are, and this is of course in a ten man league, so. In the calculator, Devonta Smith is a tier one asset, and Acres in uh, not Acres and ATN is a tier two asset. So you get the Devonta Smith side gets a boost because he's a tier one asset. Yeah, so that that's where the tier break is, huh? Do you think that ETN will end up be becoming tier one after the season, or is that gonna? So gonna... it's kind of a weird thing. It's a certain point in the calculator, and I don't know the exact number. But once you reach a certain value in the calculator, yeah, you become a tier bump. one asset and you get the tier one bump. So I think he could he could become a tier one asset then. Maybe that's what's going on. Yeah. But anyway, there's a big gap between the two. So Yes. See. And that see. leads me to my other one. So this is the same exact league. And again, I'm kind of rebuilt rebuilding, retooling, you're contending. This is kind of a funny one too. So while Saquon Barkley was hurt. You were kind of sputtering for a running back option. I don't know if this was after you lost Derrick Henry also. I'm Great trying to question. think of the timing. Great question. Derrick Henry, I lost Derrick Henry week eight. I don't believe it was. Okay, so you think our trade was... Miles Sanders was out. Before that. Miles Sanders had just gotten hurt the week prior. So you had no Barkley, no Miles. October 11th, so it would have been before. Because Derrick Henry okay. went down at the end of October, I believe. So you you definitely needed it after Henry went down, but you made the trade beforehand. So yeah. So go ahead. So you had made dozens of offers for Najee Harris, and I've I've kind of like swatted them down, like uh, you know a fly is flying around me, and I have a fly swatter in my hand. I said no to virtually everything. You kept trying to give me like Saquon for Najee plus that's what you started with and eventually you were like Saquon for Najee straight up I shot those down didn't like it and he started throwing in like throw-ins like you know a third or a you know I think I think a third might have been like the most or like equivalent players I think you had some we could probably even look at all the offers but I, I don't know if it's uh important yeah yeah 
So eventually we got to a point where you found like my the, my even value line and it was a player that I like going into the offseason because again I'm I'm playing for next year and it was again <laughs> Juju Smith-Schuster who I love as a buy and nobody else does I understand that I'm so like currently in the calculator he's he's valued as a 10.7 in a 10 man league and I'm projecting his value to be like a 15 basically when the when the offseason happens he finds a new team I just cannot imagine that they re-sign him, especially with the the transition. Big Ben probably leaving town. Also, I could see a lot of changes coming to Pittsburgh, including Juju. So, like, Oof. I've got all this stuff in my head. What? Just f- saw a trade offer, and I don't know. I think I offered it to you week right before the season. What was it? Oh no! It was Najee Harris and Cortland Sutton for Barkley and Debo. Yeah, you know, kind of a. And you rejected it. Yeah, I don't know how much that would have helped me though. Like the Barkley took a turn down, Debo took a turn up. Najee oh, went way up. up. He turned up. Debo turned yeah. way up. I w- I think I'm happy I kept Najee. In, you know, given hindsight context, you know. Really? So you'd rather have you'd rather have Barkley Juju? No. I would rather have Debo than Juju, obviously. But I'm saying there isn't enough that's happened with Barkley that it, that would make me feel comfortable with that trade either. Like I, I, I still don't feel great about this one either. It's funny. I offered you another one that same day and it was Barkley, Miles Sanders and, and Ingram for Najee, Javante and Fryermuth. Oh, and that one, and at the time it was even-ish. Yeah. Pretty even-ish. Yeah. And now it's just like the other one, like the Barkley Debo Najee Sutton or is even ish at the time, and now both of those trades di- went different ways. So if you would have accepted the Debo the one, you would have won that oh one. Yeah, and if you would have accepted the Javante one, you would have lost that one heavily. That would have been a bloodbath. Yeah, it would have been tough, tough to overcome. It's it's always interesting. That's why I like doing these because you go back and you're like, wow, some of the best trades that you don't make versus some of the best trades that get rejected, you know, or some of the yep. trades that get rejected are your best trades in in a sense because you were able to retain those players. I agree. So, yeah. So, yeah, back to the trade. Okay, so in the calculator, especially with that unbalanced trade reduction side on, it kind of it nerfs the side that it's giving two players or three players for one, basically. So that way it's you're not spamming one side because um, you kind of lose potency in a, in a 10-man league. It's 48.4 to 52.1 in favor of Najee Harris. So that one's kind of, since we've made the trade, it's changed a bit because back when we made it, Saquon and Najee were really close in value. And you added Juju, like it was a free Juju is basically what your sales pitch was. Yeah. And you, at the time you were going to drop Russell Gage. So you tossed him into the deal. I don't think I was going to drop him. You added, you asked for him. Oh, did I ask for him? Yeah. I, don't I had others. I had others that I could have dropped. Did you give him. me options? I don't think so. I think you, I think you specifically asked for Russell Gage. I have plenty that I could have dropped ahead of him. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Okay. And I'm, and I, funny thing is, with all my injuries at receiver and bye week, I'm actually using Russell Gage. Yeah. He's, uh, he's been good since like the last two or three weeks, I think. I've been using him in SFB also. It's been, uh, really nice to have as a free guy, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Six for 62 and one last week, and then 11 for 130 this week. Yeah. But this this is a trade that's going to be fun to revisit in the offseason because I, I wonder like what Najee's going to do for the rest of the season. 
what what Big Ben can do to Najee's value, what if Saquon actually like continues to be kind of slumpy a little bit. He's just not getting a ton of volume yet. I, I wonder if they're still easing him back in or if they're if this is just what it is for Saquon. Because he had what, like twelve or thirteen carries. I think he had like five yards of carry. So, so like his efficiency is good. I just don't see the volume where I'm I'm very happy for a, a guy like an asset like Saquon. So I actually like the way he's being utilized. He's just not doing enough with the touches. Okay. Yeah, he had a ton of receptions for like five yards. Six yeah. receptions for whatever it was. Yeah. I see. Long term, if they can get him, this is kind of the um the swift treatment where you're getting, you know, if you get 12, 13 carries and you know, eight to ten targets, and hopefully you catch six of those balls. That's the vision that was before Jamal Williams got hurt. That was kind of how they're using Swift, and that was kind of the vision for him. That's the way they should be utilizing, utilizing Saquon. Get him out in yeah, space. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, keep him healthy, so on and so forth. Um, so would you still do that trade? No, I would want more. And maybe something different than Juju, knowing that like nobody's on board on Juju. So it kind of becomes one of those, like you always preach about inflexible assets on my team. Yeah, yeah. But I think you made the trade because you wanted Juju since he was going to have a change of scenery and that could increase his stock. Yes, that's true. And, and I still think that he will. And I think he will enough to make the trade more balanced or maybe even in my favor. Um, but right now, as it stands today, no. Gotcha. Because I think Najee has come up enough since we made the trade to make me want more than than what I've, what I've got here. So It's wild. Juju's been in the league two years longer than Terry McLaurin, and he's a full year younger. That's awesome. Just weird how that works. Full year. That's pretty weird. Over a year. We got another one going down the line. Um, I think we got two more to cover. Two more really cool ones. This one is is uh, considerably different. So we reverse roles. You're rebuilding, retooling. Mm-hmm. This was a funny one for me because I'm I'm a contending team, but like at the beginning of the season, I was not contending. This is our Nerds Calculators League. It's all it's comprised of all people who work for Dynasty Nerds in one division. I suppose that there's no divisions. Six. GMs work for Dynasty Nerds and six GMs work for DTC or, or are affiliated with DTC in some fashion. At the beginning of the season, I was kind of like like just uh, collecting assets. This is only it's a second year, right? This league is kind of in, in its infancy, second year since its startup. And it's like it's kind of wide open. It's one of those leagues where there's the teams are relatively balanced. There's, you know, a couple that are clear cut rebuilding and stuff like that. I had been over the last two years collecting assets. And after like three or four weeks, I was winning games, scoring like 100 points, like one of the lower scores, and I just kept winning games. So I'm like, you know what? Why not? I'm going to I'm gonna contend. So I started moving some of my youthful and pick assets to kind of build a contending team. I think I've done a pretty good job. And this is one of the, this was like the icing on the cake for to kind of like solidify my, my team as a contender, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a trade with you, like we said. It was... George Kittle and David Montgomery, you were giving me. And in return, I give Noah Fant and two firsts. One is next year and one is the year after. So a 2022 first, a 2023 first. So break down for us what you were thinking and let me know what you how you feel about it now. So we did a disrespect draft in this league. And preseason, you, I believe you took my pick at 108. 
eight, correct? Yep. So somewhere down there. So I was projected to be going in. And into by the, the way, season. just for the listeners out there who don't know what disrespect draft is, it's a it's an anti tanking kind of also pro smack talking rule that we've developed that Izzy's kind of developed in some of his leagues. Yeah, the the team that finishes in last place, if they still own their draft pick, they get to choose the first any team's first round for, pick for the next for the year. following year. Yeah. Yes. Except so, their own. Except their own. Yeah. So basically, the team that wins the championship, if they still own their first round pick, they pick whoever's left. If another team owns, you know, that pick, they get to choose in their in their spot. But regardless, um, I made a trade. I pulled the plug earlier on in my season, actually, in a deal with with you to acquire my first round pick because so you had taken me in the disrespect draft around 108 and things just didn't didn't go in kind of my favor. So I wanted to focus on next year um, and I needed to acquire my pick in order to really feel comfortable just kind of shipping away my best, my top end players. So I was able to acquire my my first round pick. So I was already focused on next year. You were looking to shift gears and you wanted some win now pieces. George Kittle was hurt and he was coming back. And I knew that him coming back would hurt my ability to retain my standing, which is within last place. At the time of the trade, I think I was at like the 105. And then when I, after... I had received my pick, and now I'm focused on this trade with you. I'm at 103. Kittle coming back. Monty also hurt. He was coming back. So I kind of wanted to trade both those guys in order to continue to lose and try to get the 101. And it worked. Yeah, now it's down. To, it, now you're down to last. Now I'm down to last because I've, I've basically sold my, my top performing players at each of my positions that were still healthy. So yep. I looked at it and said, okay, you have Aton's pick at the time was 104 or 105 i was 103 i think he was 104 or 105 and he has a really good team but his team's not putting it together so i was a little afraid of taking this this pick because i thought that there's an outside chance that he could still make the playoffs so i took the gamble he was oh, yeah, the, just for context he's the fifth highest scoring team yes but he's the fifth He's fifth from last. He's four and eight. Yes. So, and he just lost this week, which will put him down to 104, where basically I traded for him. Um, it's, it's, it's funny how his luck has kind of played out. He's had pretty, pretty rough luck in this draft, in this league. Um, so now I have the 104 and I get the disrespect draft. What I like about the disrespect draft in this sense, when you're trading for future picks of other teams is. I'm not worried about your team next year. I get to pick whatever team with your pick at whatever draft slot that is. So if you finish in fourth place, I get the 109, but I still get one of four teams that I could kind of control my own destiny, not control my own destiny, control my own destiny with the pick itself. I'm not locked into your team for next year, which is what I like. I like that. So I like having that potential in 2023 where your team is probably going to be pretty good next year, but I could get lucky and draft a team that I think is weaker or doesn't have the depth to maintain a successful 2022. 
and then I can get a really high 23 pick. So there's some benefit to it there. But, uh, you know, Fant is a guy that I wasn't really excited to get. I think he's a player that has a lot of talent. Oh, yeah. Just to remind everybody, since it's been a while, we kind of went through a big spiel. So Kittle and Monty for Fant and two firsts, 2022 first and a 2023 first. Okay, continue with Fant. Yeah, so Fant, we we the deal almost faltered because you were desperately trying to give me Fant, and I didn't want Fant. Um, I, I felt like Fant was a little overvalued. I like Fant. I think he's got a. I think he's a great talent, but I worry that he's never going to put it together, and be that top tier tight end that we were hoping him to be. So, uh, nonetheless, I looked at it and said, you know what. With the 2023 first, if we kind of got you got hung up on the 2023 first side of it too, um, so this deal almost happened a couple times for a couple weeks and it never did, and we finally came to terms. Yep. So I would still make this trade because I'm okay giving up Monty because I I don't like holding running backs kind of in that Nagy's probably gonna be out of a job. So now I worry about what they're going to do, the coaching staff, how they're going to view Monty. Monty's going to be 25. Do they bring in another running back? They got Khalil Herbert. Maybe the new coaching staff is likes clear more. It becomes a split backfield, 50-50. I mean, there's a lot of concern there. So I was okay giving him up because I have Akers and Javante young enough to kind of help me build my core. And now I have multiple picks to be able to draft in 2022. I can draft the running back if needed. So I felt okay with that. Kittle's the tough one because there's really only a handful of tight ends that you can rely on in dynasty. And this is tight end premium. And it is tight end premium. Yep. So that one stings, but I feel like getting that 23 first and fan, I look at it very simply Monty for the one Oh four. And then the 23 first and fan for Kittle is good enough for me to accept. I think right now it's a very fair deal. Uh, I think if you're contending, I get the Monty Kittle side. If you're rebuilding, I like my side. So I think it's a I think it was a fair deal at the time and I think it's it's continued to be fair because that pick didn't get better for you in terms of going up to Aton didn't make the playoffs. So it stayed at 104 and I like that. And that was the big determining factor for me. Like I was hoping that that 104 would stay at 104 and would not make the playoffs because the last thing I wanted to happen was to make that trade a handful of weeks ago. Aton goes on a run, makes the playoffs, and then finishes like 110. Yeah, possible. It's within it was the range possible. of outcomes. Yeah. So I'm glad it didn't. I'm glad it worked out. I think it's a fair deal. Kittle's been balling. Monty just came off a great game. I think this helps you quite a bit. And it also helps me for next year. Yep. And I agree. I think it was a good trade on both sides. Um, bravo to us. Good trade. Um, in the calculator, it was 54.5 to 43 in favor of the Kittle Monty side. But that's with the unbalanced trade reduction side. And we've both discussed that that's not always the right thing to to click on when it's a bunch of picks because picks typically shouldn't be degraded that much. So like without that toggled on, it's more even 54.5 to 50.6 still in favor of uh, Kittle and Monty. Yeah, I don't with picks. I don't think they should be toggled. No. Yeah, I agree. Um, Um, What's the last one? The last one. This one, league context is very important. So um, it's a 14-team Superflex Titan Premium 
and it's a running back point per carry. I don't think the running back point per carry comes into into effect too much here, but 14 team, the the values of the quarterbacks are out of out of control in a 14 team super flex, as many may know. Izzy, um, this is a, a, a league where you're contending and I'm just about to compete. I've got the, all the pieces I need. I just need my players to come back from injury. Like uh, I think I got Akers, ETN, um, great wide receivers, great quarterbacks. And I'm ready to compete. Um, and you've had some trouble at quarterback, right? You've had like... Uh, well, I had Deshaun Watson. Yeah, Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson, was it like Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins, uh, guys like that? No, I have Derek Carr, Watson, and Matt Ryan. Carr, Watson, Ryan. Yep, which I was fine with. I have my I have my Watson at one, I have my Derek Carr at two, and then I have Matt Ryan as my backup. Totally fine with that. But Watson Watson has issues keeping it in his pants or under his towel, which has yeah. cost me. The ripple Very effects costly, of this. Yeah. The ripple effects of his penis have cost me <laughs> what a dick right <laughs> some some dude's penis in houston has cost me dynasty pain houston we have it's a really it's really weird when you think about like it it comes down to that money money is being exchanged potentially because of some dude's wiener yeah yeah i agree with that and i and i gotta say in most of my leagues where i'm in this situation where i'm kind of like retooling rebuilding and like just kind of like building up assets looking for future players i've been massaging situations much like this to try to get deshaun watson on my rosters because in this league i've got lots of quarterback depth and he'd be my qb3 so it's a perfect a perfect move for me in my situation and izzy perfect for him needs to solidify his quarterbacks he's going into the playoffs i think you're the second um you're in second place right now going for bye Mm -hmm. weeks no i think i'm I'm the second highest scoring team, but I think I'm fourth. Oh, have you fallen down? No, I haven't fallen down. I've just, I've, I think I've been there. I've been in fourth oh, yeah, most of the are. season. Well, you're tied for third. Yes. Yeah. Okay. okay. You and you're four. Yeah. You're, you're four victory points, basically two, you know, one week out of second place. I got, I got you. Yep. I don't think you're going to catch Will, but, yep. um, Izzy needs a quarterback for his playoff run and I need players that I, I can rely on to, to jump up. So. The trade is Dak Prescott for Deshaun Watson and a 2022 first, probably late, right? Is that what it came down to? Yes, it'll be it'll be late, most likely. It is currently the first place team's first. Okay, so it's Travis's. Gotcha. So it's the 114. So yeah, Deshaun Watson and the 114 probably. Let's say one, 112 to 114. Yep. Because he'll get the buy, so he'll be a top four. There you go. So. How do you feel about it? This happened, what, three weeks ago? Uh, November 19th, yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, a- absolutely. 100%. Nothing's changed. If anything, yeah, m- maybe Dak has kind of like yeah. flatlined a little bit at his current value. Yeah. Maybe uh, trickled down slightly, but not like he's insulated enough where you know, nobody that owns Dak is concerned about Dak's value. But it, it's, it's 100% the same. Nothing's changed since then. So I, I, would, I would still do it, and I think you would too. Yes, this is interesting because I usually don't trade my future picks without having one. In fact, I can't remember the last time I did. That's right. And this was your only one. Yeah, so only one. So it's been years and years since I've traded a first future first round pick without having another one behind. And even having another one behind, it's been a while since I've done that. My justification for doing that, because I'm very against it, is 
pretty simple. I viewed the the deal that we made, the Watson and the 112 to 114. I look at it, it's a softer class potentially. I think it's better than a lot of people think. But I look at Watson as he might be a problem next year as well. So I'm getting Dak, who's a top five in a 14 team league. I'm getting a top, let's call it six, six or seven quarterback in Dynasty. That could be my QB one. I can slide Carr to two and Matt Ryan to three, even for next year, versus having Watson on my roster. And let's say his legal issues go into next year as well. And he deals with suspension. Now I have a contending team where now Derek Carr is once again thrust into QB one and Matt Ryan is QB two. And I'm waiting on Deshaun Watson. So I look at this as very simple. The reason why I don't trade 22 firsts or future firsts is because they increase in value as we get closer and closer to the draft. But I look at this very simply. If we were at the draft in 2022 and you offered me, and and we still had no clarity on Deshaun Watson's situation, you offered me that same trade, I would take it. Yeah, nothing. Those values will be the same at that point. Right. So the pick value isn't what's going to determine this trade. Deshaun Watson will. So if Deshaun Watson comes back before next year and plays the entire season, I lose the trade no matter what. Unless he's not good, which I'd be surprised. But if Deshaun Watson doesn't play next year or gets suspended for a majority of the season, let's say he's suspended for half the season, I would say it's a draw, right? I got Dak for the rest of this season. He could help me win. And then I have him solidifying me for next season. He can help me put me can put myself in a good position for next year. But let's say Watson suspended for the whole season or gets, you know, 12 games. And now he's basically missed two years in a row. Then I win. So the, the trade comes down to Watson, not necessarily the pick. I would agree. So given his range of outcomes, what are you doing with Watson, I understand that this is a, a, a situational trade that you made, but like in a vacuum in general, what should owners be doing with Watson? I think right now I'm probably selling Deshaun because as we're going into this offseason, I think people are now focused on next year and they assume that Deshaun Watson is going to be 100% back. Before this season, I would have said the same thing. I thought for sure. This I thought he would play this season. I think we had talked about this. I thought he'd get suspended for a few weeks, six weeks or whatever it is, until his legal troubles were figured out, and then he'd come back. Now I worry that his legal stuff hasn't even taken place yet. So he's yet to get suspended. He'd serve no suspension time for this year. So now we have to wait for him to get suspended. And how long is that going to be? So he won't be able to to claim time served or anything like hey i was i suspended myself for 17 weeks no i don't think so <laughs> that'd be nice though uh, i don't think there's any sort jail of time i don't think there's any stipulation that he just because he was inactive <laughs> I, I wonder because this is the first time we've seen something like this yeah i agree i well, can't remember the yeah, last yep, time you're right with the trouble mixed in it's def- definitely the first time what well, we've ne- this is the first time we've seen a player just uh, an elite player sit inactive on a roster we've seen that before but not while there's like impending doom or trouble yes 
yeah, Doom, yeah, for an entire season. Deshaun Watson shelved for an entire season. So when his legal stuff resurfaces next year, he's going to serve a suspension. Is it three weeks? Is it four weeks? Is it six weeks? Is it the whole season? Right. Is it somehow all get dropped and he serves nothing? Yeah, it's a wide range of outcomes. So the range of outcomes are far too large. I think that if your team, if Watson is your quarterback too, I think you hold. If Watson going into next year is your QB1, you upgrade. Okay, so what? Uh, he's my QB3. I, I'm holding. Like, yes, just you put hold. that out there. Yeah, you yeah. absolutely hold. Yeah. You have Allen and Burrow. You hold yep. on. Those are your two. You hold on to Watson. You see what happens. But if you have him as your QB1, which is my situation, I think you upgrade him. You think you have to. Yeah, that makes sense. I agree. Especially if you got a good enough team to contend. But yeah, with without team context. Yeah, if he's your QB1. Yeah, and I think once the season is completed, people are now going to look at just building their roster for 2022. And I think people are going to view Watson as playing in 2022 because he sat out 2021 yeah you almost have to yeah you have to consider him playing yeah so and it says by the way is his contract completed with with houston like is he automatically out of there now no he's not he signed that big contract so he still needs to get traded and they didn't trade him this year so i wonder if there's a possibility he just it'll happen again that that there that would be really shitty I think they're. Yeah. I think they're. Once his legal stuff subsides, they figure it all out. He will have a trade market. But the reason why he didn't get traded this season is because Houston wouldn't discount any of the legal stuff, and no yeah. team was willing to pay it. I j- I'll never understand why they just let him sit there, though. You know, like get something. Yeah, I'm surprised by that too. I'm surprised they didn't do a stipulation deal with Miami, because he's not going to be there anyways next year. I agree. Is he is he not getting paid? He's he's getting paid something, right? Maybe like yeah, he's getting penalties. paid. No, he's getting paid. They're in, he's he's available to play, and they have him inactive. He's getting paid because maybe money is part of it. I guess he's he's sixty seven million against the cap this season. So maybe I just don't know why you wouldn't get something. Like he's just sitting there. If he gets traded, there's no you don't deal with that cap hit. Yeah, right. It goes away. They take it. But they've, I think they've already paid him a lot of guarantees is what I'm saying. Oh, maybe, yeah. So I don't know if that factors in, but... I wish I wish I understood NFL contracts more than I do. There's Same thing with NBA. All these contracts are so confusing to me because they're, they're different and they're, the guarantee yeah. terms and the dead cap versus when they're trade. I mean, I don't spend enough time on it to really understand all the nuances and i feel like you do i feel like if you spend a lot of time on it and know it it's helpful but like new orleans i still don't understand the new orleans thing how they're able to do what they do i just don't get that hey you know what no i don't see i haven't seen anybody talking about this but i wonder if deshaun watson not getting traded by the houston texans is an inclination that they're not overly concerned about him being in trouble so maybe they because obviously every team in the nfl has their own investigators do you think it's possible that maybe the Houston Texans have information that leads them to believe that he'll be fine and his trade market will be better next year? Maybe, but that's a risk that I mean, it's a big risk that they're taking. It, it, it's a risk, but that's that could be a good indicator that they're not overly concerned about the trouble that he could get in. Potentially, like, or they're just stupid, which is there are th- yeah, they're, or they're stupid, which actually you know wouldn't be something I would dismiss in Houston, but. <laughs> 
Yeah. Now that what's his name, Bill, Bill O'Brien. Now that he's gone, I guess that's less likely. But um, between that and the fact that he never landed on the commissioner's exempt list, those are two pretty good signs to feel good about Deshaun Watson's situation, right? Yeah, but I mean, so much can change. But yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm just thinking. Like, I'm trying to read the tea leaves, and I just don't see a lot of people talking about a lot of the, you know, reading between the lines and stuff. So that's kind of like some interesting information that that I would look at. So, yeah, but yeah, if he's your QB one, I think you you got to trade him. You got to trade him and try to upgrade him. I agree. So that was the Watson trade. I don't remember if we, if I said mentioned the calculator, but it's uh, fifty five point seven to fifty two point four in favor of the Dak Prescott side. And we don't need to bump that. So it's a very, very even trade. I think we even pulled that one after we made it very even also. But mm-hmm. just like you said, everything depends on what happens with Deshaun Watson next year for who who wins, who loses that trade. So, Right. Very interesting one. And that's kind of it. Do you have any um, words of wisdom, any final thoughts for us before we cut loose? No. No, I don't. Um, playoffs can be starting next week for most leagues, right? This, not this coming week, but the following week, week 15. Yeah. So this Monday episode, I think this next Monday episode will be mostly talking about the last minute trade targets and last minute trade targets. We got to shift over into rookies soon. Yeah. Getting exciting. That's what Love Dynasty. Love Dynasty gets exciting after it gets, you know, after it cools off, it gets exciting again pretty quick. You got it. Well, thanks everybody for listening. Please check us out on the website, dynastytradecalculator.com. We'd love to. We'd love, we'd love to help you with Dynasty Trades. And it's most fun to look back on these ones. If you want to look back on some of your trades, do it. If you want to look back on some other people's trades, there is the Tradewire feature that gives you all of uh, past trades that have been made in real Dynasty Leagues. One of my favorite tools. Check us out on Twitter, at FFDynastyTrades. Thank you for listening. Bye. Ain't mad at the domain rather than know the anatomy, though a valuable rose is